0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martini's coming up.
2: So glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We're almost through this week. It's another tough week, but we're getting there. Tomorrow actually is Friday. And so that's good news. We've got some definite bad news coming at you and some crazy news that's definitely not good. And we've got to call out a Republican in that regard. But Jim, as we've been saying here in our good martini over the last several days, people need to step up. People are stepping up. And that's great. And we're at such a point now that you are ready to say really nice things about the New England Patriots and their owner, Robert Kraft. We've certainly had plenty to say about the Patriots in the opposite direction over the years from gate and uh, Spygate and everything else over the years. But according to the Wall Street Journal, the New England Patriots team plane departed 3.38 a.m. from Shenzhen, China, Wednesday morning, on board the Boeing 767. 1.2 million N95 masks bound for the United States. Basically, this plane was permitted to be on the ground in China for three hours. It was sent over there because it's just very complicated to get unique shipments. Quickly, and obviously, we need these masks quickly. So, 1.2 million masks. We're obviously going to need a lot more, but this is a huge help. And the selflessness on the part of Robert Kraft ought to be regarded.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, longtime listeners know what it takes to get us to one, <laughs> say something nice about the Patriots, <laughs> and in particular, to say something nice about Robert Kraft. Because let's assume you don't follow football in the slightest. You don't care about the deflate gate or any of the other times the Patriots have cheated. Just Robert Kraft's extracurricular activities, shall we say, at mm. massage parlors might make you think that he's the scum of the earth. But in a crisis situation, he has come through and he, along with uh, Governor Baker up in Massachusetts, used the influence they had to get China's council general to, to you know get the special permits. Um, now, it's worth noting, we, we, you and I have talked about earlier this week, all the aid China is sending to other countries and how they're kind of taking this victory lap, even though they are the government that is far more responsible for the spread of this virus than any other on earth. And a bunch of European countries have found that a bunch of the masks and other medical, medical supplies that they were getting from other countries, uh, by the way, purchasing from China, don't let them fool you that this was some sort of charitable donation or that they were sending you know, uh, relief flights over there. They were purchasing them that the mask didn't work, uh, that the tests were defective, that a bunch of the equipment uh, being sent over from China had such high failure rates that it was pretty much worthless. Um, But then again, Greg, how many of you, look, what are the odds you purchase something from China and it turns out to be shoddily made and the instructions don't make sense? Yeah, that never happens. None of us have that experience. But look, so we're hoping that these 1.2 million masks that they've gotten from China are functional. If they are, this is going to go a long way towards helping places like... uh, uh, Boston hospitals and places like that that are really bracing for for another wave of patients coming in. Um, look, this is a there's there kind of two lessons that come out of this. The first is um, just how many p- issues of red tape and regulations and and you know various things that still have to be worked out even in a crisis situation, even in an emergency. Um, there was a lot of fear. They, they they figured out how to have the crew basically never get out of the plane. People on the ground in China were loading the stuff onto the plane. One problem is a matter of, look, when we need to get the stuff, we can't. And obviously, these are h- times of high tension between China and uh, the United States. This is perhaps one more glaring reminder that maybe we don't want to, to be dependent upon China for any of our medical equipment, um, but also an indication that even the people who you don't think of well, like Robert Kraft, can stand up and uh, do something uh, terrific. One, of the, one last detail in that story. Robert Kraft, despite his franchise's historical acrimony with the New York Jets, always held a soft spot for New York. um, And the plane will be going to serve hospitals in New York as well. So at this point, the word is 300,000 of those masks will be going to New York hospitals. So, you know, uh, good job, Robert Kraft. Don't get used to it. Jim, it's going to be awkward for you to watch that
2: plane with uh, the six Super Bowl trophies painted on the side, pulling into an airport and unloading.
1: (laughs) Yeah, these are all good (laughs) figures we're seeing from the Patriots about the number of supplies that are alive. But look, if these numbers turn out to be overinflated, I won't be surprised. <laughs> Who knew that
2: uh a dozen years or so after the fact that the theme song from high school musical would be one of the uh we're all in this together. That's what everybody's catchphrase is right now. And so It is a uh, Vanessa Hudgens, ironically, didn't
1: get that memo. yes. Yeah. <laughs> all you old people are gonna die.
2: All right, one more bit of good news, Andy, and that is the fantastic deals. You can find at fourpatriots.com slash martini including their signature offer right now, a free solar panel with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X. And, of course, free shipping on all orders over $97. You want to be prepared. You don't want to get caught unprepared when your power goes out. It's going to happen eventually. It's just a question of whether you're in the dark for a few minutes, a few hours, or maybe even a few days or more. The Patriot Power Generator 2000X, worth its weight in gold, it's now got double the capacity, And it'll keep your big appliances running, including your fridge, which is full of food that just keeps getting more and more expensive. It's got 12 outlets, including 4AC, plus two USB-C outlets that can charge your phone 20 times faster than normal. So visit 4Patriots.com to get your Patriot Power Generator 2000X with the free solar panel included. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4 slash martini. That's 4 slash martini. All right, well, let's move on to definite bad news. Uh, won't have as many laughs in this one, certainly. It was just last week that we uh, were stunned when there were 3.28 million jobless claims for the previous week which was more than the previous record for one week by a factor of fivefold. And now this week, it's double what it was last week. Here we go from CNBC. The torrent of Americans filing for unemployment insurance skyrocketed last week as more than 6.6 million new claims were filed. The Labor Department reported Thursday that brings to 10 million the total Americans who filed over the past two weeks. Economists surveyed by Dow Jones had expected 3.1 million for last week, one week after the 3.3 million filings. And so uh, Jim, there's also a pretty helpful guide here on CNBC about which states are seeing the most jobless claims per 1,000 workers. Pennsylvania at 62, Hawaii I believe the worst at 73, but of course they're based almost entirely on tourism so that's not too surprising. Michigan at 63, Kentucky uh, 54, and others in the 40s and 50s as well. So. uh, My only hope here, Jim, is that uh, a lot of companies are strategically reacting to the legislation that was passed. And they know that these jobless benefits are available through that $2 trillion package. But anyway, you slice it. This is getting really bad really fast.
1: Yeah. um, I, I think a fourth package is now pretty much a certainty. We just have to hope that this doesn't turn into a Christmas tree where every legislator who has ever wanted any bit of funding for any project throws it in there. We're up against two clocks. The first is uh, getting our hospital capacity, three clocks, I suppose you could say. The first is getting our hospital capacity up to, to handle an incoming surge of additional patients. The second is, and like I said, this is not just big cities. This is also the small cities and small towns, counties where they either have a limited number of hospital beds and in some cases don't have an ICU unit at all. The second one is obviously the economic one. And look, you, you, the numbers like this make very clear. It's not just, can we not just do this indefinitely? Greg, I don't know. We, we can do this in April. I think after that, you're just going to start seeing people starting ignoring these rules and telling people not to social distance and things like that. You're going to see people, I think as the weather gets better, kind of that third factor is just psychologically. Quarantine is a drag. Quarantine under really strict conditions like this is a drag. Um, the the scale of this, you know, gets more and you know, larger and larger with each day. I think what you're going to see, we've already seen the reports that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are now saying, hey, maybe masks are going to be okay. Maybe we need, you know, we ought to make sure that the hospital workers and doctors and nurses and everyone who's going to be coming in regular contact with coronavirus patients, your first responders, probably your cops, uh, firemen, you know, anybody who's going to be likely to come in contact with people in an emergency situation, they're going to need the good net masks first. But everybody else using homemade cloth masks, bandanas, stuff like that, if that helps, 50%. 50 percent. If that helps, 80 percent. If that helps the reduction, then maybe that's worthwhile. So we can get people out into the world again. And the second thing that comes in mind is, okay, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of places that are getting hit really hard. But let's say, you know, probably one of the biggest, 15 million people working in bars and restaurants across the country. If you said to every bar and restaurant in the country that hasn't shut down yet, you can open your door. Here in Virginia, they're still saying if you have, if you have less than 10 people in your establishment, you can still be open. If you said to every bar and restaurant in the country, okay you can have one third of your, regular, of your regular capacity. Meaning if you've got booths, people sit one empty booth in between them. If you've got tables, one empty table in front of people. Wait staff, everybody's got to wear masks. Uh, the diners have to come in to wear masks. Um, whether you could get some of those businesses open on some capacity, and obviously they'd continue with takeout and delivery and things like that. If you say to the businesses of the world, look, we can't let you go back up to full capacity, but we can let you go up to a third of capacity. We can let you go up to maybe half of capacity, depending on the size of your establishment. Maybe that will give some people some options here. If you have a factory that is not building something essential, but your workers need work, can you space people out on the assembly line so that they're not right next to each other? Can you do that? Um, there's an interesting article I broke, linked to in the Morning Jolt today about farms. Uh, the good news is food is still growing. The problem is, can you, can you get enough workers in to pick the fruit and make sure the vegetables and make sure it gets to consumers before it spoils? You know, I assume that would be something you could do with social distancing amongst your workers. So the question is quickly going to turn into how many businesses that are currently closed and can't open will be able to open with a certain amount of social distancing, particularly if people are wearing masks. And I think we're going to have to do that. Look, we can handle this. You know, pe- people will argue, there are probably some parts of the country who are like, look, we're on the verge of bankruptcy. We're going to lose everything. I got to, you know, we got to reopen stuff immediately. We can't do that probably, but probably week by week, these kind of gradual opening up of certain sectors might be necessary to just kind of, you know, this, this is putting on the um, paddles onto the heart to make sure that our economy doesn't pass out on the, uh, on the operating table right now. And then it may require something like that. I think I I really hate the idea that this is turning into a, a debate about how much economic pain can we take versus how many lives can we lose. But I think it's safe to say this is getting unbearable for millions of Americans. And this does have a health consequence in terms of people who turn to alcoholism, turn to drug abuse, turn to suicides, things like that. Or people who don 't
2: have coverage in some ways, yeah. uh, that sort of thing, and obviously it's some as we mentioned yesterday, some of the insurers are uh, helping out with that, but if you 've lost your coverage and maybe some of these companies are letting folks hang on to it till another yeah. month or so but uh,
1: or for uh, all of those people who have non coronavirus health problems that, right. uh, that are chronic and need, you know, need treatment, et cetera so. uh, is the South Korea model
2: going to work uh, with with people getting back into action with masks, but as you mentioned the production of those is going to be a critical factor, too. And uh, the priority is, of course, with the, the doctors and nurses.
0: Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's move on to our crazy martini now, Jim. And uh, we generally like Brian Kemp. We know he's, according to the left, uh, the guy who suppressed voters. And that suppression led to record minority turnout in the, 19, or the 2018 Georgia governor's race. And so, of course, Stacey Abrams is supposedly the real governor of Georgia and on and on she still says that she really won and it's getting tedious I just saw her earlier today saying that she'd love to be Joe Biden's running mate I'm sure she would but she probably won't be uh but nonetheless Brian Kemp is the governor and let's just say yesterday wasn't his finest hour Brian Kemp uh the latest governor to announce essentially the lockdown shelter in place uh, whatever terminology you want to use only go out for essential things otherwise stay home and uh keep your social distancing and so forth, but uh, apparently Brian Kemp hasn't been keeping up with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks and all the other medical information that's been kind of critical to helping folks understand what's going on with the coronavirus, because here's what he said on Wednesday. You know, I think it's the reason I'm taking this action. It's like I've continued to tell people I'm following the data, I'm following the advice of Dr. Toomey. Uh, Her and I both mentioned in our remarks Um, you know, finding out that this virus is now transmitting before people see signs. So the what we've been telling people from directives from the CDC for weeks now that if you start feeling bad, stay home. Uh, Those individuals could have been infecting people before they ever felt bad. Well, we didn't know that until the last 24 hours. And as Dr. Toomey uh, told me, she goes, this is a game changer. So there you go, Jim, the governor of the state where the CDC is headquartered, uh, didn't know until this week that you could transmit the coronavirus before you felt
1: symptoms. I'm not sure where he's been, but uh, it's not exactly reassuring. You know, Greg, um, this is a, a lot of time, you and I, look, we're, we're men of the right, we are conservatives, we are much more likely to be inclined to support Republican candidates and lawmakers than Democrat ones. And we want to defend Republican lawmakers when they are being unfairly smeared. But guys, you got to help us sometimes. (laughs) I feel like Jerry Maguire. Help us help you, Brian Kemp. Because when you run around saying things like this, like, what has he been doing (laughs) for the last couple of weeks that this fact would escape him? I know there's been some debate about how contagious people who are asymptomatic could be, but really from the first moments, you know, certainly since mid-March, um, actually probably that, that second week of March as this became a bigger and bigger story in the United States, um, people were talking about this and, and there were some comments from Dr. Fauci and uh, Alex Azar saying that, look, asymptomatic uh, people with the, with, with the virus are not the primary spreaders of this, that primarily it's the people who already are showing symptoms and the cough and the lung issues and, and all that stuff, um, coughing into their hands, pressing, you know, I don't know about everyone else out there, I'm freaking out every time I need to pump gas all the different ways in public that you are touching some sort of common area, whether it's a doorknob, door handle, um ATM keyboards. Uh, any place, you know, h- handrails and stairways, elevator buttons, as I said, anything where you're doing that, that's probably where you're getting some of the, you know, the, the primary spread. But, you know, anywhere public, 20% of the cases, at least back then, they were saying was going to be sh- shared asymptomatically. There's no excuse for any governor or lawmaker not knowing this fact. And, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes when you don't know something, you don't need to confess it to the world. Yeah. Brian Kemp, not sure where you've been on this. It almost reminds
2: me of uh dumb and dumber when Jim Carrey's walking out of the bar at the hotel and sees the headline from 1969 about the moon landing and he didn't know about it. And so it's just, I mean,
1: come on, man. You Got to you be say, there. Wasn't it Steve Largent who was on a hunting trip yes. on, on 9-11 and yep. came back on the 14th or something. And like, I can only imagine how that happens where you come back and you suddenly realize, Oh, the whole wide world is different now. Um, I also believe there was a, the, the German version of big brother this year. Everyone was in the house. They were shut off. There was no internet. There was no newspapers. There was no television coverage. So, at some point, like several weeks into this, did they get? Did the producers begin to say, "Oh, by the way, in the outside world, there's this giant global pandemic going on." For once, I have interest in a reality show. Yeah, it's going to take a little more than that, even
2: for me. But uh, <laughs> Jim, it's a, it is a kind of a new world at this point, and uh, hopefully, our governors and other leaders are are keeping up with it. But if you if you're behind on the learning curve, it's never too late. The more you know, Jim. See you tomorrow. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a great review with five stars. And don't forget, you can get us on those home devices by saying play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Have a great day, stay safe, and we'll be back with you Friday for the Three Martini Lunch.